Time now for Hear Me Out with your host, Betsy Esparza. Hear Me Out is brought to you by Front Street Books, your hometown independent bookstore. I interviewed the Republican candidates for county judge last week, so today we're doing the Democrats. I'll ask them all the same questions, though their answers may lead to various follow-ups. We're going in alphabetical order. Benjamin Barrientos was born in San Antonio and graduated from Fox Tech High School in 1977. He has a bachelor's degree from the University of Texas and graduated from St. John's College in 1988 and the Ave Maria School of Law in Naples, Florida in 2012. He moved to Alpine in 2017 and teaches courses in criminal justice and the behavioral and social sciences at Solros. Welcome, Benjamin. Good afternoon. First question, why are you running for Brewster County Judge? I've asked myself that question many a time. (laughs) And um, the main reason is because I feel that I represent a constituency uh, that's fairly new to this area. And uh, the individuals that speak Espanol And uh, I feel that with my background, with my critical mind, that I could bring something to this position. Everybody has talent. Everybody has credentials and qualifications, and I respect that. Uh, There are many people running in this race, and um, I'm hopeful that there are people that are paying attention to this particular race, and can make up their mind as to who the better candidate, who the better representative will be. So do you feel like you want to represent some people who have possibly been marginalized in the past? That's a good way of putting it. Um, I've heard different perspectives. I've heard people say things like, well, we've been here all this time. We've contributed to the economy and to the culture, and I believe that uh, I've been here for uh, a, sh- a brief time by, by many standards, uh, but I am from Texas, and it's an observation that I've made for quite some time, and I feel that I have been incredibly fortunate to study, to learn, to gain Uh, critical thinking skills, and I'm just delighted that I can throw my hat in this race. What is the most important role of county government? A lot of people are uh, born with certain ideas of what their purpose is, and if government can help them achieve that purpose, then it's doing a very good job. Sometimes people just don't have the time or the space to really find themselves, and I understand that. The role of county government in this particular case is to make sure that expenditures, finances are kept in order, and to make sure that the needs of the individuals that live in the county 
are being met. How do you weigh the administrative duties of being the county judge with the judicial duties? At this time, I'm leaning more toward the uh, role of the judge as overlooking the commissioner's court and other duties that have to do with the practical needs of the people. As far as the uh, role, the judicial role, uh, with my background, I expect to run into some matters that I may not uh, be able to address right away. May need some time to think it over, to research. Um, but initially and throughout the tenure of this position, I believe that the practicality of that role overrides the judicial role. Um, I think the issues um, arising around ambulance service in the northern part of the county are top of mind, not only for voters, but for parents who are sending their children to Solros. What is the best path forward? That's a very good question because there's, depending on who you speak with, some people uh, think of the monetary expense. It's kind of like the question, how clean do you want your water? How clean do you want your air, given that resources are finite? Sol Ross represents a factor, an issue that will, will come to mind more and more given the leadership change and with regard to actual use of resources, it is a factor to be contended with. I feel that coming up close and personal as an educator with the young people at Solros, also being in tune with the people themselves that live in Brewster County, uh, the folks that make sure that the buildings are clean, that ensure that the needs of even administrators themselves are being met. So um, there are many changes happening right now. People are complicated and you're not going to satisfy everybody. But we can talk, we can discuss things, and we can see what the best path moving forward is. Um, this may upset a few folks, a few, but I represent the future. The, the, everything is changing all around us. And these issues have been a thing of the past, dealt with in a certain way, and I think it's going to have to change, including thinking of making Sol Ross a pivotal point to everyone because we rely on its stability uh, moving forward. I think I've talked a little too much on that. So I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I think just to bring it back around to, to what it, what the bath what the best path forward is for the ambulance service. For the I'm sorry, mm -hmm. yes, the ambulance service. 
again, it depends on who you speak to, because some people feel they lament the history in which uh, there have been uh, a few individuals that have been in charge of the ambulance service and uh, emergency medical services. Um, moving forward, there will have to be discussion. There will have to be examination of costs and an analysis of what even the the people that are marginalized have to say about it because I know that sometimes they feel like they don't count, um, but I'm hoping to be uh, accessible to everyone. Do you believe county leadership has responded appropriately to the COVID pandemic? <laughs> um, I believe one has to be honest, the uh, necessities and the reactions to the pandemic are uh, what they call in the, in the legal field a case of first impression almost. People talk about how uh, this is unprecedented and so forth, but it also means that there have been some failed measures, uh, but that's no one's fault. It, it's a case of first impression, and that generally means that you try to tackle it the, with the best resources you have, with the conversations that you might have, and the leadership that's in place. Uh, so far, I believe that our immediate uh, county personnel have done the best they can, but it's a big issue. And moving forward, uh, I hope we can have more conversations about it uh, to make sure that all voices are being heard. That was my last question, Benjamin. Thank, Thank you. you. We're going to take a quick break and we'll switch out candidates. We'll be back right after this message from Front Street Books. Big Ben is such a wonderful experience. Why not make it last forever, even when you get home? The history, charm, geology, wildlife, and vistas are all something you can take home with you with the vast array of books and materials you can find at Front Street Book. A unique shopping experience like bookstores used to be. Front Street Books, corner of 4th and Holland, has all the magic of the Big Ben you can take home for your own bookshelf and enjoy for ages and show friends and family. We're back. Oscar Cobos was born, raised, and educated in Alpine. He studied criminal justice and psychology at Sol Ross. Oscar has been active in issues involving the Texas Historical Commission, drone flights, the Brewster County Jail, and the creation of the Emergency Services District in Reeves County. He has served on the boards of the Alpine Housing Authority, Alpine Ministerial Alliance, and Frontier CASA, and is an ordained minister. Welcome, Oscar. Thank you. Hello, uh, Betsy and everybody out there. Why are you running for Brewster County Judge? I feel very led to be uh, running for this position. I've been very community-minded for the people for years and a lot of issues with the health, safety, and welfare of the community. I feel that uh, at this time, it is a direction that I need to take um, for 
the days that we are that we all are facing, and I believe the issues, the decisions. Uh, I believe that we need to have uh, all the time. I'm a firm believer of working relationships and confronting the issues. If you see my track record, I have confronted the issues, as you mentioned, Betsy, through the years uh, that have impacted, um, for example, uh, medical, tried to be impacted medical emergency flights at our airport through drone testing. I came against that. I also, as you mentioned, came against the historical commission for a property rights issue concerning the elderly. The inter- they have intervened against uh, elderly people, and uh, our former judge is very familiar with that, um, Val Beard. I, um, we su- I succeeded in that. Uh, they were able to proceed with the grants. And as far as uh, other issues that we have faced through the years, a new jail, I have taken on a hands-on approach for the people through the years, and I feel the... Uh, I feel very qualified in this area that I've also in the area of uh, my expertise in several areas of criminal justice I have faced. I have um, encountered situations that I went through the courts and filed, went pro se, filed my own motions. And, you know, I'll be happy to say that I went uh, first place in crime scene competition in Georgia years ago. And so I just uh, love the community and want to be part of the community in this area of a judicial position. What is the most important role of county government? Well, the most important role, uh, I believe, will always be people, uh, the health, safety, and welfare. The county government will be, of course, the budget, the administration. There's all different facets. There's probably um, several that have the, you know, there's an area of legal expertise. There's infrastructure. There's property rights. But the health of the community we can have everything else, but the health will always be top priority uh, and the administration of that and the protocols that we take uh, for everything that this community have faced and the area that would be on top of things. We can have budget. We can have law enforcement and everything else, which is very critical, but the health of the community, that the people's needs be met in a very positive way. How do you, you you've, you're saying health uh, is the most important role. How do you, how would you propose that the county be helpful with, with the health of the local community? A lot of times we have to take those measures um, right away, you know, just uh, those measures that impact all of us. You know, we've been through the COVID season, through all those areas. We have to take those decisions immediately. Uh, and make those right decisions, um, you know, in, in every area that, that is impacting us, and we never know what lies ahead, so we have to coordinate, have working relationships immediately, whether through hospital, medical emergency, in all areas, and coordinate these efforts immediately. How do you weigh the administrative duties of being the county judge against the judicial duties? I believe they both correlate. There has to be the administration and the judicial duties. We cannot afford to have backlog of cases, and so everything has to flow. We have to have the administration with employees uh, continue to build up, uh, the have working teams, working relationships, and the judicial duties is so important as well all the time. Once again, not have a backlog of cases and be able to be on top of things. That way we won't have a ripple effect of everything else going on and falling behind in the areas of decisions or administration. And 
uh, it's a day-to-day process. Make sure all departments are in the working order all the time and working solutions or working relationships. I should have said this earlier um, when I was talking with Benjamin, when I asked the question about the ambulance service, but just for background for our listeners, um, with the passing of Mark and, and Mike Scudder, we have found ourselves without a contractor available, immediately available um, in the northern part of Brewster County and in the city of Alpine. Um, so we don't, we don't, we are unsure at this time what is going to happen with our ambulance service. What do you think is the best path forward? Well, I'm a firm believer that uh, we have to have, of course, um, uh, people coming together, coordinating. I know I've heard there's a test force, but also beyond that, uh, I was just thinking on that the other day. Perhaps we could uh, look towards um, a half cent, half a cent uh, sales tax from the city and half a cent from the county. Uh, something that's workable, either if we're going to take the direction of the county or if we're going to go up for RFPs as well, one or the other. It is a democracy, so I'm a firm believer that if something is out there that's workable, workable solutions through an RFP, and so we have to weigh those options immediately because I personally will say that uh, if anything looks like a, uh, a special interest, it doesn't land well with anybody. So we need to weigh those options right now. Something is workable with the county or, once again, an RFP that's not very uh, expensive It'll be good for the people, and um, I believe we need to take that direction here soon. Do you believe county leadership has responded appropriately to the COVID pandemic? I do believe they've taken the the right steps, uh, right decisions have been intact. And a lot of times, uh, you know, a lot of people will uh, not uh, be too happy or satisfied with some of the decisions, but I believe that they did take the right decision, make the right decisions. They did take the uh, right direction in this for the health of the community, the county. And um, I do believe that's been, it's been good. You know, it's, of course, as the days come up ahead, you know, we always have to take different measures according to our different situations that we face. Thank you for coming, Oscar. That was my last question. So we will take another quick break and Thank we'll bring so in Mimi much. Smith. We'll be right back. After this from Front Street Books. Visiting Alpine in the Big Bend is such a wonderful experience. Why not make it last forever even when you get home? The history, charm, geology, wildlife, and vistas are all something you can take home with you with the vast array of books and materials you can find at Front Street Book. A unique shopping experience like bookstores used to be. Front Street Books, corner of 4th and Holland, has all the magic of the Big Bend you can take home for your own bookshelf and enjoy for ages and show friends and family. We're back. Mimi Smith grew up in San Antonio and Fort Sam Houston. She graduated from the University of Texas and Lewis and Clark Law School in Portland. She has worked for the Texas Attorney General's Office and as an assistant district attorney in Brewster County. She spent part of her legal career as a criminal defender and worked for the State Department's Gender Justice Section in Afghanistan with a focus on women's rights. She is also an animal rights activist working to find homes for rescues. Welcome, Mimi. Thank you. Why are you running for Brewster County Judge? I've wanted to work in the county, especially as the county judge for a long time. It was never open before. It was either, uh, Judge Beard had it for a long time, and I, I was in a courtroom 
every week, and we worked together a lot. In fact, as soon as I got in Al- got to Alpine, Judge Beard and I changed the legal system because they'd taken away her power, all county judges' power, to issue protective orders. I worked at the crisis center at the time, so I think from the first two weeks I was here, I worked with Judge Beard just briefly because of my role at the crisis center, and we got the legislature to change the law and give her back jurisdiction over protective orders without which you cannot run a shelter for abused spouses. So that and the fact that um, I've been a lawyer for 30 years, I think that the judicial part of the job is incredibly important. And you cannot learn it over the weekend. You just can't. Uh, One of the things that happens to our people, what I've noticed in the last 27 years, is that we throw away the people of this county and we do it in the courtroom. The same people are in the courtroom, not because they're bad people, but because of the way that, that we have nothing proactive to develop the talents and the skills of the people who do show up in the courtroom, either in juvenile justice, the most powerless people in the whole system, because they're not even in criminal law, they're not even in criminal court. And once you drag a kid into juvenile justice, that's called a pipeline to prison. And these are not, I mean, we, I know a thousand of them. Uh, these are, we could do so much with the people that whom we have, the kids, the people who show up in misdemeanor court in you know in a county court that's class A, misdemeanors class B, class class C is usually in muni court, but I mean a class A misdemeanor, you commit that you can never have a license to own a firearm. All kinds of consequences that people have no idea. The reason it's held together is because we have a very benevolent prosecutor. We have a benevolent prosecutor who does understand the impact of a criminal prosecution on a good person. I mean, he, he sees these people, but it's not supposed to be held together by the prosecutor. There's supposed to be a defense lawyer, a prosecutor, police, and a judge. And we need that. Uh, the other reason I'm running is because I learned so much in Afghanistan. That was a rule of law project. You go into a, a conflict zone. It was supposed to be a post-conflict zone. We were still in conflict, but I was in Kabul. It was pretty safe. And you create the whole system all over again with the people who are there and with regard for the people who are there. I worked with lawyers to create you know, a sweeping law called the Law Eliminating Violence Against Women, we had constitutional amendments, and these were from everyone. They weren't just a bunch of outsiders saying, you need to do this. There are a lot of very progressive thinking Afghans, men and women. I worked with, uh, you have to, we had to set up water, electricity. We had generators. There was no electricity. You couldn't fax anything. So, and this is kind of blending some of your questions, but when you have a, uh, a region or a space, you know, whatever you want to find your region or your district or your county or city, you, you have to deal with the whole part, all the parts at one time. We would, I had to, I gave trainings to police and to women and the, um, the, the State Department said, well, why do you need separate cars for each woman to go to the training? I said, because they cannot ride in a car with a, a man not related to them. It's like, how do you not know that? I just got here. And y'all don't know that? It's just frustrating. So, it's that holistic view, like with your question of judicial versus administrative, it, it cannot be separated like that. The impact on our people that happens in that courtroom, the courtroom's operating what, 
eight hours a month. But that's where people are flattened or they are sent off to institutions because they've lost their capacity. There, there's juvenile law, criminal law, guardianship law, civil disputes, and those are there's huge impacts on people. And it's not like they're just going to go appeal it somewhere. So what, we, what I have seen in this county, and, and so I've seen it in this county because I live here. I'm sure it happens everywhere is that we throw away families. I've been listening to a lot of the discussions about, about developing our own youth to work in healthcare, to work in, in emergency services. But I don't think anybody considers the youth that we shut out of the system. These are not horror shows. These are regular people. I've seen people st stamped as future criminals because they were the child of somebody convicted of something. That is all county judge. So are you jurisdiction? It kind of sound like in, in the in the early part of your answer, are you suggesting an economic development program of some kind? Or oh no, what this is the didn't cost a penny. I did, I've already done this a couple of times. One of the things it's so easy to do, and it's just so satisfying. A lot, almost everybody signs up for community service, right? And it's you know, maybe picking up trash. We don't really need people to pick up trash. Everybody's already adopted the highway. So what I did with the community service is I get the probationer. I get the probation office or get several probationers, get them to the cowboy poetry gathering and, you know, set up chairs. They are treated with fantastic respect. They're invited to everything. It's a world they hadn't seen before. Uh, people are just that's my, my rule is you who are going to use this labor, you will treat them with respect and you will teach them something new and they will teach you how to do that. And it's just, it's just wonderful. I did the same thing with, um, it was mainly cowboy poetry, but you can do it with Art Walk. They have a really hard time getting there. It doesn't cost anybody a dime. And instead of failing and doing, you know, community service that doesn't feel like anything and often getting revoked. They are advancing their skills. They're having contact with different members of the society. I am stunned at how segregated this community still is. So you feel like that opens up opportunities. Yeah. I mean, I watched the lights go on in their eyes. They ne I, You would think that you have to have a paycheck to have that much transformation from working six hours. But no, it's just, it's about the welcoming. And this, this is so nonpartisan. Um, it's, it's people that, who may never have seen this, and I don't even tell them they're on probation usually because I have regular volunteers. I've paid people. This was my job before with Cowboy Poetry. I mean, I, I volunteered to do it. But anyway, this is with the city. You know, there's all that stuff about leaving um, sofas near the dumpsters and please stop doing it or we're going to give you fines. Well, I want to get the people from municipal court or from probation, you know, county court, to pick up the stuff for the for the people who don't know how to take it to the dumpster that it's it, it would change lives and that's how you get the youth of this town not just the the youth that's never in trouble but everybody to help us with all of our services and and to help themselves okay let's go on what is the most important role of county government it's everything it is i used i was in um it was, it was urban planning or town planning when I was in college, and we did a, um, a simulation. We're a city. Okay, you're a city now. In each, we had four cities, and we had teams. Every city burned to the ground because they didn't pick up the trash. And then they had plague because there were rats. It's real simple. I mean, all that, we, you know, we take care of it, and it's, that is, 
we call it practical. It is everything. If the trash isn't picked up, you're going to have rats. Now, that's just the administrative. We can envision anything. There is, we, have, we have extraordinary people in this county, people who looked at the marathon to, mar- the marathon, to marathon race, raises a fortune, and it's going to transform the health clinic there in a way that the county couldn't do by itself. We have we have so many people like that, and what I've seen with these task forces since I've been paying more attention is that we can tap our brain trust. I go to B.J. Gallego for institutional memory because he's he. He's, I used to go to Joe Tortoise, both of these guys. They see everything from the long view. They know, and they know where the talent is. These aren't people who are retired, you know, entrepreneurs necessarily. They're people that maybe succeeded greatly, maybe they've just always been, always been doing it. So I really want to tap the, the brain trust and have more task forces, not when there's an emergency, but every vision we can possibly envision including education, including Sol Ross. We are part of Sol Ross in the sense that we're, we are considered. And I didn't, I learned a lot of this researching for the newspaper. It's like, oh my God, we really do matter to Sol Ross and Sol Ross does really matter to us. Um, I, talk, I was talking to uh, Ruben Ortega. He has the biggest precinct in the state of Texas. One of the biggest precincts in the country. One of the things... And I'm, I know I'm kind of jumping around, but I watched the attorney general's office, the state attorney general's office, come to the county a few weeks ago with a take-it-or-leave-it deal on the opioid settlement, and they gave us 24 hours. That thing has been in the works for t- since May 2020. They treated us with enormous disrespect. That's not going to happen because we're going to be on top of it. That's my my idea, and not not because I'm the genius planner, but because we have so much ability here, and we have computers now. When I was going to law school and college and all that, we didn't have all this. We can do all this. I want a website. This is about transparency, but I want a website. In addition to what it does now, every single resident or anybody can go to the website and find out what task forces are working on what. The public doesn't know that they can go to these meetings. I never knew how issues came to a vote in county government or in city government. I went and talked to Megan and Geo to find out, you know, oh my God, there's these huge contracts that are about to expire. It's because I had the newspaper. And so they would tell me. It wasn't private information, but it wasn't public either. And I want the county to have not just this task force, but um, all the money that we're getting from the feds. There's a lot of COVID money. We get The state of Texas gets the second greatest amount of money from Washington for COVID response. California gets 14 billion, we get 12. So I, I wanna see not just one, maybe a big task force. I'm not sure to look at every single dollar and then look at every single need, including you know, closing a, a bay that where there's an ambulance. We have a, an exposed ambulance in Marathon because we can't afford to close the bay. So I want every need, and then you match it to all this money and whatever grants we have, and say, okay, am I allowed to do this with this money? Yes, I am. Okay, so all right, first we say, yes, I am, then we, and then we prioritize. And you do it, by doing that, we're not vulnerable to opportunists. That's what happens, I believe. I mean, everywhere it happens. But I don't want some snake oil salesman coming in and saying, here, you know, buy this software. Or, I mean, we could, I want the citizens to be able to find out 
everything that we're thinking, not just find out what we voted on. Okay. How do you weigh the administrative duties of being the county judge with the judicial duties? Or do you feel like you answered that earlier? Well, I, I don't think that they're as separate as they always seem. And they only look separate because we have non-lawyer judges. Generally, everywhere in the state, except rural counties like the Big Bend area and a few others, you you have two courts, two county courts, a statutory county court and a constitutional county court. We don't have the statutory county court. The statutory county court has to be operated by a lawyer, a lawyer judge. And that does all the cases I talked about. But we don't have that because historically you didn't have a lot of lawyers out in the country, but we do have a lot of lawyers out in the country. We have plenty. And um, so they're not, they're supposed to be separate, but they're not supposed to take away from each other. And because they don't take much time, I, I just, I feel like we're really, really missing out. If we have lawyers willing to do that job, you know, I wish we could, we could split it again. And, and uh, that's probably possible in the future is to get ourselves a statutory county court so that we always have lawyers deciding property disputes, money disputes, juvenile law. I can't tell you how a person's life is destroyed at the age of 12 with juvenile law. It's just too important to, to blow off. And the rest of it, it's not administrative. It's gubernatorial. The county judge is the governor of a place as big as most states. So it is far more than administrative. It's, it's the chief executive officer. I did hear someone say that it's the chief financial officer. It is not. The ch county treasurer is the chief financial officer. And she, and she had better be competent and strong. And we have that person. And that's how, that's how it works. But it is not administrative. It is executive. What do you think is the best path forward for the ambulance service issue? I love the county idea. And I love the, the Pecos County model. It, Pecos County has a whole lot more money than we have. But I was, I was, um, I was kind of making notes about this. I thought, well, since I'm the only female voice, let me, do a, let me do a cooking metaphor. You take the Pecos model, just like you would a recipe, and you change the quantity of the ingredients and you substitute them ingredients. We do not have to reinvent the wheel. What it, is the Pecos County model? It is what we're emphasizing the most of is, is the, the county runs it, and they use a lot of um, private contractors to fill in the gaps. And these are pros. I mean, these are top line, very much like our emergency room has physicians fly in who just do that. But it's, it's probably too expensive, except it may not be too expensive because the hospital district, if it receives this $8 million grant, and it's looking very good, I don't want to jinx it, um, the hospital district is allowed under that grant to help to contribute an enormous amount of money. I think it's the purchase of ambulances, but they can contribute money to the EMS thing without worrying about the bi-county system. It's already there in the grant. But you, we do what we can afford, and, and we have to have a five-year plan to bring people up. And that's what makes me crazy, too. How did we not, and I'm guilty, too. I'm totally guilty of this. How did we not anticipate a new system? Mike Scudder was a tragic and sudden death, but he was 64, and I expected him to retire. I mean, it's such a stressful job. And I never said anything. Any citizen could have stepped up and said, hey, do y'all have a plan? Because he's probably going to retire. We didn't. We did not have to be caught off guard. And I, this is complete respect to the people who are working so hard to fix this. I should have thought of it, too. I'm only thinking, I would have thought of it probably because of the newspaper. I don't know, but I'm thinking of it because of paying more attention. So... 
Do you believe county leadership has responded appropriately to the COVID pandemic? Well, according to the judge who decided the lawsuit uh, between J.P. Bryant and uh, Judge Cano, Judge Cano was acting as the emergency response manager for the governor of Texas. I'm not sure he had a choice. The governor said, go do this. Here are the things you need to do and do this and, and go contact this, this physician. Every county had a physician that was supposed to advise the counties. I'm not sure I would have stood up and said, okay, you're a physician, but I'm going to do it my way. That's, that's hard to do. But um, having paid attention a lot recently, one, uh, the judge has to stay within the orders of the governor and the orders of the president. And, you know, it's, it, nobody ever got caught with those two, you know, with the different mandates and anti-mandate mandates. So I, I think that it was, I think the county has responded appropriately because it responded legally and as directed. We, we are rule of law and you, you know, establishment. And when you become county judge, you take an oath that you will, if the governor tells you to do something, that you will do it, regardless of political parties. That was my last question. Thank you, Mimi. Thank you. Early voting starts Monday at the Valbeard Complex on 7th Street, otherwise known as the Old Library, across the street from the courthouse. You can also vote early in Marathon, Terlingua, and Studi Butte, February 22nd and 23rd at their community centers. Election day is March 1st, at which time you'll vote in your individual precincts. More information, including sample ballots, can be found at brewstercountytx.com backslash vote. Search Hear Me Out on Apple Podcasts and click follow so you'll never miss a show. If you miss it live on Tuesdays, listen to the podcast, which is uploaded about an hour after the broadcast. If you don't use an Apple device, you can listen at hearmeoutalpine.substack.com. Subscribe there as well for my free newsletter. You can also email me at hearmeoutalpine at gmail.com.